Have your boarding passes ready. Take a seat by the window and recline your chair. The mothership is about to take flight. We will go behind the scenes of the Poetic Earthlings podcast and discover the creative process at work. Each show is unscripted, candid, and will equip you with the resources you need to be a creative earthling. Say goodbye to your conventional way of thinking and your three-dimensional reality. Here is your captain, York Campbell. Have you ever been on the edge of a mental breakdown or or burnout? Do you know how that feels when everything around you just seems like it's crumpling in? I've felt that way before a few times, a burnout. Last week, I was feeling that way as well when I was on Twitter. I sent out a notice to all of my followers that I'm going to take a little bit of a mental break. I had to take a break before it breaks me. Mental burnout, mental fatigue is a thing these days. I think a lot of that is prompted by the social media, keeping up with everyone else that's online. You have the Instagram and the Twitter and everything else, and there's new ones all the time. It's hard to keep up with everything that's going on. And also when I turn on the news and see all the bad news that's, that's happening all around the world, it kind of sucks to live in this timeline where, where everything just seems so uncertain. But I guess the same thing could be said a hundred years ago when people lived back then and they said, wow, kind of sucks to live in 1900 or 1901. Remember the olden days back in 18 something? There was always a, a better error before the other error. So this error seems to be a little bit messed up. I call this the the upside down, you know, like in Stranger Things, one of my favorite shows. Yeah, well, give that show a, a watch. It's pretty cool. There's this area in Stranger Things where they go to, and it's called the upside down. That's what I feel that's happening right now in our society. If you're not careful, it could really mess you up. I guess there's internal burnouts and also external. What I mean by that is that there's two different worlds. Here's your internal world. It's like a universe all by itself. How you perceive reality. And then there's the external universe the world that's outside of your head. Both of these things could drive you insane. There's been so many people that have, that have crashed. I remember working at a particular place here in Canada at a sales office, and there was a couple of people that, have, that took mental leave, people that you didn't really expect to take a mental leave because they seemed that you know everything was going well with them. But the, I guess, it caught up. They had to perform. They had to sell a certain amount of widgets. They had to keep up with everything that's going on, and they just couldn't take it. So this episode, I'm calling Burnouts, Crazy Pills, and the Road to Recovery. This is personal because this is some of 
the road to my recovery. We don't talk about mental health. That's the thing. No one really talks about it. I know that within my family, I'm from Jamaica, by the way, and West West Indians in particular, they don't discuss those type of things. But yet we're hurting. A lot of us are hurting privately in dark corners without anyone to help us. I remember when my son was having difficulties, we took him to see a psychologist because he wasn't like the other students. The psychologist diagnosed him with two things, auditory processing disorder. That's when he hears information, but it goes upside down, sort of like the Stranger Things, and also ADHD. We were treating him as any regular boy, quote-unquote, and we were pushing him to be the best that he could be. It wasn't right for us. It was sort of like, sort of like grandma going and competing in the Ironman competition or in, in a marathon. And we say, come on, grandma, you can make it up the hill. Come on. That's what we're kind of doing with our son. We were pushing him to be like everyone else. And then we noticed that he wasn't like every other boy. He had a lot of things working against him. And it was very difficult. So we took the advice from the, from the psychologists at the time to make sure that, he, that we repeat certain things to him, that we follow through with everything that she told us. And also she subscribed us with some pills. And I don't like pills. I was a little bit apprehensive at the time. But she said that the pills will help his ADHD. So we gave him the pills. We did see some improvements. I think it was just a couple of days after that, we went back to the doctor's office, asked him a couple of more questions, and then it got me thinking. Because a lot of what my son was experiencing at the time was what I was experiencing when it comes to the ADHD and probably the other issues that he has going as well. But I wasn't diagnosed. All my life, I was just going through trying my best to remember certain things, make sense of the world around me. But there was a lot of mental pressures. Now I'm on the pills. I, I was diagnosed with, with ADD or ADHD, but the, the hyper part, I'm not all that hyper. I mean, I don't fidget or, and do those type of things. But I guess my mind is a little bit hyper. It's sort of like if you were to come into my mind, it would be a zoo and a circus act all together. It sometimes is hard to keep my thoughts straight. So I got the pills that I call the the crazy pills. But, you know, it seemed to work. My thoughts became more even keel. I was able to focus more. I was thinking that I probably am not going to be able to do my podcasts in the same way and write my stories because my stories are so chaotic and I like that idea that it's chaotic and disjointed and I thought that with these pills it's not going to be the same. I was wrong. It was the same but it was even a little bit better because I was more focused at the time. I'm still deciding if these pills is just in my head or if it or if it really works. Regardless of your mental condition, 
you need to take a break. A lot of people are just doing too much. And the thing is, it becomes like a badge of honor. Your lack of sleep becomes a badge of honor. Isn't that ridiculous? If somebody says, yeah, man, I was burning the midnight oil. I only got two hours of sleep. My life is just crazy. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I got some deal over here. got some deal on the side. I'm doing a whole bunch of things. I have no time for sleep. And what does our crazy society do here in the Western world? We applaud that person. We give that person a trophy. There's something wrong with us. We need to slow things down and take a break. Your writing will still be there. Your camera will still be there. Your paintbrush, your canvas will still be there. But will you be there? You owe it to yourself to put things at times on hiatus. Instead of all this rah, rah, rah and go, go, go and try to make it to the top, what about if you just decide to put things on pause? That's what I do now from time to time. I place things on pause. Whenever I feel that my podcast, my writing is becoming an obsession, I put it on pause. It's hard to do that because it's your, it's your baby. It's your thing. It's what kind of identifies you. And we may talk about identification on another episode because I think that's important. But we need to learn to put it aside for a while and reevaluate. And that's another thing as well. We have to always evaluate exactly what we're doing. Evaluate it and reevaluate it. It's very important. These are three things that I learned in my road to recovery. And I hope that it will help you as well. Step number basic. Preparing and planning. On my first season, I was even planning on having seasons. I was going through episode after episode. And it was taxing. My wife intervened, and I'm really glad that she did. And she said, York, you're going to make yourself sick. You need to take a break. With a lot of reluctance, I said, all right, I'm going to make this first season, not even call it a season, but I'm going to take a break. And then I'm going to say that wraps up the first season. And then I'm going to plan for the next. A lot of times we face mental fatigue or burnout because we're, we're not planning. We need to plan better. For my next season, I'm going to have about 10 episodes. And then I'm going to know exactly when it's going to start and when it's going to end. Planning helps us to relieve negative stress. It safeguards us. It gives us time. It gives us direction. So preparing and planning is one of the best ways to, to recover from burnout. Step number niche. Don't focus on the stats. That was my big problem when I started Poetic Earthlings, is that I focused on the numbers. How many downloads am I getting? How am I doing in this particular country? How many listeners do I have? Stats could just destroy the creative soul. I know that. I, there's a, one of my best friends. He's a YouTuber 
great guy, absolutely solid individual. But he, at the time, was focused on the stats. He will check his YouTube statistics three, four times a day to see if he has new subscribers. He was obsessed by it. And that really got to him. It was hard for him to sleep. I'm not sure if it was because of his YouTube. I I think it was. But the numbers was all in his mind. He felt that he had to perform. He had to be at a certain level. And I felt this way as well. I mean, if you wanted to catch me on a really bad day, on a day that I was completely miserable, it was the day when I looked at the stats. And when I saw that my numbers, I thought I was doing well with the podcasting. But then the numbers said, oh, this is how many people are listening? And wow, you, you, it was ugly. I felt that I was on a, on a mental breakdown because I was always looking at the reports. But I stopped doing that. I stopped identifying myself with the stats because that was exactly what I was doing. If I had a lot of listeners within a particular time period, I felt good about myself. Life was great. If I had very few listeners and downloads, I felt like a reject. Isn't this crazy? Whatever you do, don't be like me. Don't worry about the stats, about how many Twitter followers and Instagram followers you have, how many likes and retweets and whatever else you're getting. Don't identify with that. Be free from it. And that way you will recover from burnout. Step number. This where Opening the door. Women are way better at expressing their emotions. When they feel hurt, they get together with other women and they talk and they heal each other. Men in the other direction, we're, we're kind of like boneheads. We are. A lot of us hurt, but we act macho and tough that in a way indicates that we don't feel anything at all. You know those football players and hockey players that they're injured, but yet they still go out on the ice? Crosby able to carry it back now, sized up by Ferentz, checked by Ferentz. Puck forced along, but walked on by because of the sake of the team. So they swallow all of their pain. Their ankle is, is hurting them, their back, but they're still on the field and everyone's applauding. Very shaken up. It is Malkin there. Gives it on a cross. Back for Malkin. Malkin lobbed one in front that is blocked loose by Neal. Jumped off by Boychuk. Played along to Latang. And still hobbling along now is Campbell. It's they're playing injured. And a lot of people, especially men, they say, wow, way to go. You were hurt, but you were still on the field. You're still, you still tackling. You're still running the distance. You're still doing whatever you can. We saw the same exact thing happen last night in Los Angeles with Nicholas Jalmerson. Why do we do that? And I think even worse is that a lot of men are injured emotionally. They are a wreck, but yet they still go on anyways, and they don't tell anyone. 
They're crying inside. They're miserable. Life is caving in on them. But they have to put up a facade. So what we need to do is we need to open the door. We need to become more vulnerable. We need individuals in our lives that will call us out when, whenever we are behaving in ways that's, that's self-destructive. And also we need people in our lives that will call us in to help us, to see us for who we really are. I'm so glad that I have a friend like that in my life at this time. You don't need many. You do not need an army of people. You just need one, two, three individuals. That person that could love you, doesn't matter if you have makeup on or not. It doesn't matter if you look spectacular or you look ugly. They love you for who you are, not for what you could contribute. Just because of who you are as a person. And you could go there and you could confess. You could talk about your shortcomings, your sins, and whatever else. And they're there to support you, give you direction. That's what we need. That's what all artists need. We need to open the door. And once we open the door, once somebody knows all of our stuff, all of our junk that we're going through, we can make more sense of it. In fact, I believe that we can even become more creative because we're dealing with our issues. We're not having all of the baggage, all of the garbage stored up inside of our head when we're trying to write the best-selling novel, when we're trying to paint our Mona Lisa, when we're trying to photograph the best picture on earth. Once we have the other things in our lives being dealt with, it frees us up. It frees us to do our very best work, the work that we were designed to do. So open the door. Remember these steps on your road to recovery. Step number preparing and planning. Step number don't focus on the stats. Step number opening the door. If you remember these three key elements, it will help you if you are experiencing a mental burnout. Growing up, Elle Mills dreamt of becoming a YouTube star. After years of work, her cheeky videos started getting traction. But as her subscriber count grew, so did her anxiety. This is all I ever wanted. And why the f- am I so unhappy? Then Mills shared a decidedly different video called Burnt Out at 19. Physically, I, I just remember feeling always stressed. Like I was, there was never a time where I felt relaxed. I, I always felt numb, but at the same time I felt like, I, I just felt extremely unhappy. Thank you for listening. Please keep in touch with me on Twitter at Poetic Earthling. This is York south of the 49th parallel. I'll talk to you soon.